you're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WBET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. How important is it to you that your kids are physically active every day? Do you insist that they pick and practice a sport, no matter how good or competitive they might be? At it. A new report from the Ralph C. Wilson Jr. Foundation shows physical activity is important to the vast majority of parents in Southeast Michigan, but only 13% of youth in the region are physically active an hour or more every day. Joining me now to talk about this report and the state of play here in Southeast Michigan is Dave Egner, the president and CEO of the Ralph C. Wilson Jr. Foundation. Dave, welcome to Detroit Today. It's great to be here, Steve. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a this is a great summer topic because, of course, uh, everybody's thinking about uh, their kids being outside, uh, running around, doing things. That number, though, 13%, that is an incredibly low participation rate. And I wonder, I wonder if that's something that we're seeing uh, uh, as a result of sort of modernity, in other words, that that, that kids are doing other stuff, um, or is there something else going on? There's there's a lot of reasons for it. It'd be easy to point a finger at at one or two things, but it's complex uh, why it's happening. I think first give some context. So um, on U.S. numbers would show 27 percent of kids would be active for an hour or so a day. So we're Less than half. We're less than half, but even that twenty-seven percent number is not great. No, it's really not, and and it's a it's a coming health crisis. So if we could get the thirteen percent just up to twenty-five percent, the downstream healthcare cost and uh, lost productivity number is one point two billion dollars. Mm-hmm. That's just for the cohort right now that are between six and eighteen, and thirty-five thousand less kids would be obese or struggling with health issues around obesity. So it's it is it's not just about play; it's about uh, cost. It's about uh, quality of life. Uh, it's about how our democracy works. This, right. is, this is much bigger than sports and rec. Yeah. Uh, and when we say play, so when I was a kid, my mom would say in the summer, go outside and play. And I did. Come and home when the streetlight goes on. Come home when the streetlight goes Or comes on, on yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we're, we're talking about something a little more involved here and something a little more uh, uh, substantive, that that active play, doing things, moving around and and getting physically involved, that's really what we're what we're concerned yeah, about but, here. But back to your first question, it, it active play meant something different for you and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, active play meant uh, we were down the street in the sandlot mm-hmm. or we had a pickup game of basketball in the driveway, or we got on a bike and we rolled four or five blocks and we found a, another activity to make games up. Mm-hmm. Replay was was the name of the of the game back then. Yeah. Uh, today, we've, we've got a couple of uh, many things competing. First, um, in some neighborhoods in the city and the region, if you sent your kids out and said, come home when the streetlight comes on, people would uh, turn your kids over to, to social services. Right. You know, we've, we've got neighborhood <laughs> right. safety issues. Yeah. We got kids, uh, my kids have very strong thumbs. Um, <laughs> As do mine. <laughs> technology uh, keeps kids inside. Um, some things that we found in this report that were interesting, though, is that that uh, the city leagues are dying um, because the travel leagues have picked up and, sure. and all the kids are specializing early. We're not encouraging kids to have free play. We're not asking kids what they want. So the there's so many things that we could do to make a difference, and, and we're hopeful that the report will really bring – to light things that individuals can do. Yeah. You, you can't you can't develop a strategy that's that's going to solve this problem, 
but you can develop a series of individual actions that can start to affect the problem. Yeah. Uh, one of the stats that jumps out in the report is from the Johns Hopkins University that says if you can keep just 25% of your youth active daily, 34,000 fewer of them would be overweight or obese, and that would save more than a billion dollars uh, in direct medical costs. That's uh, that's really unbelievable. Staggering, and that's just for the cohort in the group. So right. that's just the current kids that are between 6 and 18. So that number goes up every single year. And, and we've watched that happen as we've watched the level of participation decline yeah. every single year. So we've we've got to get more activities and access for our kids. Yeah. And access is part of the problem. Right. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Dave Egner. He's the president and CEO of the Ralph C. Wilson Jr. Foundation. That foundation has issued a new report that shows physical activity is important to the vast majority of parents here in Southeast Michigan, but only 13% of youth in the region are physically active an hour or more each day. How do we change that? Uh, Dave, let's let's go to that space. How do we go about making this look different? Obviously, there aren't, there aren't a whole lot of short-term solutions. Uh, I imagine this is something that developed over a long time, these low numbers. Uh, but, but what are the things we ought to be looking at first? So the, we, we teamed with uh, the Community Foundation for Southeast Michigan mm-hmm. and the Aspen Institute. Uh, and the Aspen Institute already had a framework, uh, eight plays, you know, eight simple things that people can do to make a difference. And we're starting with that work. So first, ask kids what they want. Yeah. Uh, we've, you know, we've got, we've got involved parents that um, really aren't asking kids what they want to do. They're making assumptions. <laughs> um, are we building parks that kids want to be in? You know, one of the eight plays is think small. Mm-hmm. So don't build mega complexes. Is there a park that can be built around the block? It can be converted. That can be used differently and safely. So, and and my favorite, reintroduce free play, yeah. um, where kids get a chance to to, to uh, figure it out on their own. That's where problem solving yeah. takes place, where you learn those critical thinking skills. Uh, you know, the free play thing is is a function of, I guess, what I would call the overscheduling of of kids, and I'm probably guilty of that in my in my household. You know, you you, you start to think that. If they aren't supposed to be doing something, then they're doing nothing, and and it's it those two poles don't represent the full universe of possibility. Right, there. right. And I, I remember my grandmother used to chase me out of the house. Yeah. Um, and you know, go find something to do. I don't know what to do. Go find something <laughs> to do. You'll figure it out. Right. And that's if you think about the creativity, the problem solving, the cognitive skills. And one thing this report has shown is that kids that are physically active an hour a day perform better in school, do much better on tests, mm-hmm. have better cognitive functions, they're better problem solvers. And it, so it, we've, we've got to get them out and, and introduce play. But it is hard, right? You, you do want to. Your kids are swimmers. Yes, they are. Uh, and that, <laughs> Unbelievable swimmers in the summer, right? All day, every day. Uh, but that they're, they're probably on uh, – they probably have lanes. Yeah, and, they uh, do. Right? <laughs> uh, when we went swimming in the summer, it was uh, games of Marco Polo right, races. Right. <laughs> who could go the length of the pool underwater. Yeah. Um, and it, it was a very different state of play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that uh, you talk about in the report is encouraging sports sampling. And I think that's really that's really important given 
the the drive to specialize kids and and here again right my kids are swimmers i say that all the time uh, they haven't done a lot of other things they haven't had exposure to some of them at all that's not really the best way to 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 get kids active you no know, and it turns out the best athletes are those that play more than one sport sure and they have less injuries because they strengthen multiple muscle groups you know think of little league arm i yeah. had a kid who was a you know my son was a baseball player and uh, by the time he was uh, nine years old, he had osteochondritis, little league elbow. Yeah. yeah. Um, not because he overthrew, he, had, he was growing. Yeah. So through the growth plate. And if he hadn't played multiple sports, he would have continued to pressure that. And we were told Tommy John surgery would have been imminent by the time he was a mid-teenager. Wow. wow. Which is crazy. It is insane. And um, so we've, we've got to get kids in, in more sports to reduce injuries. But I also found it amusing – uh, Derek Coleman was with us uh, at the press conference when we rolled this mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. And I asked Derek, how many sports did you play? And he said, all of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he said, my first uh, medal or blue ribbon was I was the the uh, school tetherball championship <laughs> champion in uh, in elementary school. Yeah, he's a, he's an interesting he's an interesting guy, and 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 his his childhood probably looked a lot different from childhoods we see around around town now. Um, uh, let's talk uh, about uh, poverty and the role that it plays in all of this. Uh, y- you talk about zip codes and, and making sure that kids in every zip code have the same access. We, of course, know that's not true here in Southeast Michigan. It's not true anywhere in America, really. But we, we do have this gap, this I think widening gap between what life looks like in city neighborhoods, for instance, that are not part of this revitalizing core, uh, and and places in in the suburbs uh, is is there a regional way to deal with that, or do we need to to shore up the uh, the infrastructure in the city to be able to 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 provide more? So there's start with the assets we have. Um, and it, what's interesting, we did this report in three places, Greater Rochester, Greater Buffalo, and Southeast Michigan. Mm-hmm. Consistently, rural parts of those regions had the same access problem for different reasons. Yes. The, the, the distance of space mm-hmm. uh, between activities, the social cost of space. Uh, you couldn't have facilities that were anywhere near the homes in many cases. In the cities, there were facilities, but they were either run down, uh, unkept or locked up. Just closed. Closed. Sure. So the mayor has offered this new initiative around community schools that's been open this summer, and uh, the, you can you can check in there. You can go to their website and see what schools are available, mm-hmm. and it's free play. Yeah. Uh, and there's someone there coordinating safety and activity, and so that's a huge step in the right direction. Um, we also need more playgrounds. We though, do need in more playgrounds. We, we've got to think differently about the spaces in our neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. For that purpose. Yeah. And another grant unrelated to this, um, seemingly unrelated, but related for our team, is we just uh, we just made a grant of $2 million to complete the Inner Circle Greenway. The Greenway, the sure. 29 yeah. miles, which means most neighborhoods um, that are within that Greenway or near that Greenway, you should be able to hop on a bike and get to athletic rec education facilities much easier when it's completed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before I let you go, I want to to have you talk just a little about the Ralph C. Williamson Jr. Foundation. You guys are a new player uh, here in Southeast Michigan, created uh, by the death of Ralph Wilson, who was the owner of the Buffalo Bills, among lots of other things, but had roots here in in Southeast Michigan and left a 
pretty big pile of money that's, for you to spend. Mr. Talk about how that's going. Well, Mr. Wilson was an extraordinary man. He um, and and I didn't know him, so I'm, I channel things from the four life trustees and stories they've told. Yeah, uh, owned the Buffalo Bills, but operated them from Detroit, uh-huh, uh-huh. and. Um, he left $1.2 billion with two caveats. One, the appointment of the four life trustees to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. Said, you, you figure out where and how we spend this. And it was mandated to be spent in 20 years. For those of us keeping score, there's 17 years, five months, and 21 days left. Um, <laughs> and that's uh, it's a lot of change to yeah. move. And, I mean, it, it's, an, it's, a, it's an unexpected challenge, I think, for most people. You figure the more money you have, the better. Uh, which is certainly true, but the time limit means, I mean, moving that much money through a foundation in that period of time, it is a real, it is a real challenge. It's, uh, as most of my friends say, yeah, we feel very sorry for you for this challenge. <laughs> it's a right. tremendous privilege and opportunity. Yeah. Um, and what's, what we've learned, we're functioning in 16 counties in Western New York and Southeast Michigan. The building the infrastructure to absorb that capital in a meaningful way is what's critical at this point. Sure. So we'll we'll ramp up slowly and exit gracefully, we hope. Um, but what an opportunity to make a difference um, in places and areas like play, yeah. uh, green infrastructure, public space development. And we're very excited about an effort to really reconnect the region through those technic those yeah. those skills and those 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 technical things we have to do in that space. Well, there is certainly no shortage of need uh, in this community for for those kind of philanthropic dollars. It's a question of, as you say, directing them to the place that they can make the most impact. Right. So, good luck with that. Thank you. It's uh, <laughs> it's a great privilege and a great challenge. All right, right, all right. Uh, Dave Egner, President and CEO of the Ralph C. Wilson Jr. Foundation. Thanks for being here on Detroit today. Always a pleasure, Stephen. Okay, that's going to do it for us today. We will be back tomorrow. Later this week, we are going to hear from Tom Segru, one of the sharpest minds about urban issues and particularly the issues here in the city of Detroit. So you're going to want to stay tuned all week to hear from him. Of course, if you missed any of today's show, you can go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts and download and subscribe to the Detroit Today podcast. You can listen to us whenever and wherever you like. Detroit Today is produced by Laura Weber Davis and Jake Neer. Program director is Joan Isabella. The technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevathan. And our associate producers are Addie Wallace, Aaron Allen, Gus Navarro, Rhea Basha, and Jennifer Pruss. The Detroit Today theme song was composed by WDET's Sam Bobian. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.